welcome to the Epop Two One Sports Podcast for September first. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind Epop Two One Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at Epop Two One, on Instagram at Epop Two One Sports for free horse racing picks at Epop Two One Sports underscore horse underscore racing for free fantasy football takes, picks, draft advice. Pickups at epop21sports underscore fantasy. How is everyone doing? Can you believe it? September 1st and college football is here. NFL is a week away. I did take a two-week break. Look, I was visiting my family. I love you guys to death. I appreciate you guys' support. I appreciate you tuning in. Family's family. Want to take that time. Spend it with my parents. You guys did see me every week on the epop21 sports show. That is going to be continuing. That is live 10 p.m. on YouTube and on Twitch. We have a great show for you tonight. Brandon is stopping by. He's going to be telling you his NASCAR bets. We're going to be telling you what bets we're locking in for Darlington. Jim is going to be telling you what CFL bets to lock in. And, of course, with the big trade today of Donovan Mitchell going to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Gino is going to be stopping by, and him and I are going to be talking about the Donovan Mitchell going to the Cleveland Cavaliers trade. But before we get into everything there, I just need a quick little minute to talk a little bit about fantasy football. All my rankings can be found on etop21sports.com. So I just want to go over a couple of quick stuff. My quarterbacks, my top 10 quarterbacks are Herbert 1, Mahomes 2, Allen 3, Burrow 4, Prescott 5, Lamar Jackson 6, Jalen Hurts 7, Matt Stafford 8, Tom Brady 9, Kyler Murray 10. I know I'm getting a lot of flack about having Murray so low. I'm a little bit worried about the offensive line, about the issues that he's having with Kingsbury. People are asking why to have Prescott so high. I am a little bit concerned about the Cowboys' defense because the defense is going to be so bad. They're going to be having to score so many more points. Why is Lamar only six? The reason why Lamar is only six is because I really think that they're going to throw the ball more or run without Lamar. Lamar, they show they were eight and three last year when games that Lamar played. When he went down, they lost six in a row to end the season. You can't do that, and he's such a vital point to what they need to do. I think that they're going to limit the hits that he can get. Look, Josh Allen's thirty-five percent run clip last year. If the Bills are legitimate about winning the Super Bowl, you can't have that guy running the ball so much. Um, the guy that's outside the top 10 that I think could sneak up and lead people to a championship, obviously I've been hyping him, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is the guy you want to get. Um, he's going to be the guy that who's going to be able to come in and he's going to be able to lead you to a fantasy football um, championship. Carmichael system, you look at Drew Brees historically, his three best seasons, seasons excuse me, were with Carmichael calling plays for the New Orleans Saints running back. You know, no secret, Jonathan Taylor one, Joe Mixon two. I have Austin Eckler at three. I'm a little bit worried with the Sony Michelle coming in just because I think Eckler is going to see a decrease in the usage throughout the whole season. I think it's going to be a three-headed monster. Uh, I think we could see his touchdowns decrease by six, so I'm going to have to address this move Eckler down. Absolutely love Najee Harris at four, Javante Williams five, Aaron Jones six, Christian McCaffrey seven, Nick Chubb eight, Derrick Henry nine. And DeAndre Swift, 10. Guys, the reason why Derrick Henry is number nine, you're losing your two your interior starting guards. Both of them are in the top 13 PFF run blocking. And let's face it, Tyler Lewan has not been the same since he went down with 
the ACL injury. No A.J. Brown going to be facing more stacked boxes. I'm a little bit worried about Derrick Henry and what he's going to be able to do this year. Also, Christian McCaffrey, seven. I understand, you know, they are switching to a zone concept. He did average five yards more per carry after they switched to a zone concept. When they, excuse me, when Carolina had a zone concept in his first two years in the league. But look, he can't be carrying the ball 20 times per game. He can't even get 20 touches because of that. That's why I have him low. Um, someone outside the top 10, David Montgomery, he was featured this week on the Utah Feeling Sports Show. Why I like David Montgomery is this. It's pretty simple. Um, I like Montgomery just because you look at everything he brings to the table, his production over the last three years. No Damian Williams. Tariq Cohen's hurt. Bigger factor in the passing game. And he averaged a whole yard more per carry in zone runs. I think Montgomery's being very underlooked. I think you can grab him third round. He's going to help you. Wide receivers, obviously Cooper Cup one. Jamar Chase, two, Jefferson, three, Debo, four, Mike Evans, five, Tyreek Hill, six, Keenan Allen, seven, Devontae Adams, eight, Stephon Diggs, nine, Michael Pittman, ten. I think the Bills are going to run the ball more. That's why I have Diggs a little bit lower, more than the industry. C.D. Lamb, in my eyes, isn't a number one guy. That's why I have him a little bit lower than everybody else outside my top ten. Debo has a contract incentive in his contract where if he runs over 380 yards a rushing incentive in a receiver's contract he gets a good chunk of money that's why i kind of like that rushing that's why i like debo to have another stellar season someone outside the top 10 obviously alan lazard and juju smith schuster those are two guys i'm kind of targeting and even dk metcalf i think dk metcalf is being a little bit overlooked in terms of everything going on because it's going to be short routes get the ball out you know just kind of two-step drops get the ball to dk in space so i think he's being a little bit overlooked um tight ends andrews kelsey pitts kittle four hawk five dallas galbert six dalton schultz seven i have evan ingram eight zach Ertz nine dawson knox ten Evan Ingram, the reason I have him so high is nobody in the Peterson system is at, excuse me, a tight end that's been in the Peterson system has always averaged over 10 fantasy points per game. Only three tight ends did that last year. I have Pitts at three. I think Pitts could be number one. I actually, you know what, by the time I redo these, Pitts is going to be the number one due to some positive touchdown regression. Maybe Austin Hooper, a guy outside the top 10. That could help you lead to a fantasy football championship. I definitely like that. I definitely like the Austin Hooper angle just because the Titans are going to have to throw to somebody. They do like to use the tight end in, tight end in the offense down at Tennessee, so I do like that. Players that I will not be drafting. Here are, I made a list of players I will not, a top 25 list of players that I will not be drafting. Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, CeeDee Lamb, Damian Harris, A.J. Brown, Travis Entian, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Bryce Hall, Deontay Johnson, Rashad Bateman, Hollywood Brown, Ahmed Rod St. Brown, Kenny Dalladay, Antonio Gibson, Devin Singletary, Dalton Schultz, Jalen Waddell, Daryl Mooney, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Pat Fryermuth, Tyler Boyd, Julio Jones, Trey Lance. Those are the players I will not be drafting. Also, one more thing. We all need to pump the effing brakes on the Damian Pierce love. The kid protected. 
the, the Houston Texans. Here's my thing, and this is what you guys all need to fucking realize. Excuse my language. It's going to be a split backfield. Everyone's saying, oh, oh Marlon Mack's gone. He's going to get all this stuff. Guys, pump the brakes. This kid never carried the ball over 16 times when he was at, Flor when he was at Florida. So you expect that he's going to be able to come in and manage a whole workload of an NFL backfield? Look, we have guys drafting him in the third round. If you're drafting him in the third round, you're an absolute lunatic, and you are going to lose your fantasy football league. This is a guy that's still fifth round, sixth round, where he should be drafted. If you had an earlier draft and drafted him in the 12th round, good for you. You're ahead of the curve. But anyone that's drafting him in the third round is a bad fantasy football player in my eyes because you are reaching. It's still going to be a split backfield. There, you could still get a guy like Montgomery. Hell, I, I saw – I was in one league – I saw last night he was drafted over Nick Chubb. What the hell are you guys smoking that you're drafting him over Nick fucking Chubb? Are you fucking kidding me? Jesus Christ. Come on, guys. We got to start thinking. Damian Pierce, look, he's going to get a little bit more run, but still going to be a split backfield. So that's it for this week's fantasy talk. Every week I'll kind of be doing a little bit of a fantasy talk. Plays to target, you know, everything like that. So I'll be giving away my four players I'm going to build around in my DraftKings lineup. Now, let's shift our attention over to NASCAR. We've reached the part of the podcast where we're going to talk about NASCAR. And, you know, I took a little two-week vacation. I was getting burnt out. Took a little two-week vacation from talking to Brandon. So how you doing, my man? Good. I was jamming to that intro music. I like it. Dude, it is pretty catchy. Yeah. Pretty catchy. Um, you do that on the piano yourself? Uh, you know what? cuts over here and then like a little, little bass. Like, oh. I am the most musically challenged person in the world. I'd say you're challenged with a lot of other things, but we'll just carry on into the picks. Um, so my question to you is this. I got an alert that said they're trying to get Bubba to drive in Kurt Busch's, Kurt, Kurt Busch's car. Bubba what is, is driving. Bubba is confirmed. Bubba is moving from the 23 car to the 45 car for the remainder of the year. The only reason behind it, a lot of people don't understand, you have owner's points championships as well compared to this driver's championship. The 45 car is in the running for the owner's points championship, but they, I believe it's due to the fact that they have to have a full-time NASCAR driver in it, not Ty Gibbs. So Ty will slide over to the 23, still get his experience, which I still think Ty will be in the 18 car next year. This is speculation. But um, that's why you'll see Bubba driving the, driving the 45 car. Now, speaking of Ty Gibbs, I'm looking at the top 10. Plus, two, plus 250, excuse me. Any value on that for a top 10? I don't think it's bad. I mean, he's, he's ran well. Um, I don't know how he's going to work with the new crew chief in the 23. I don't know if they're switching crew chiefs. I don't know if they're switching crew members. I, I really don't know what they're doing. Um, but at a place like Darlington, I'm not going to grab somebody like Ty going into this trade. Now, let's talk about who we are betting. What is, I have three bets. What is your first bet? I'm going to start not with the one who I think is going to win the race firsthand, but my second bet is going to be Mr. Ryan Blaney at 20-1. to 1. Historically, he has not done well at this track. Um, I think him just barely sneaking into the playoffs like he did was a huge horseshoe. But um, I do like – he's got to make moves. If he doesn't do anything early, he'll be quickly out of the playoffs. He needs the points. 
Like he needs all that. So if a guy like him can go out and get a win and you immediately move him into the second round, he can take a breath, grab him clean, he's 20 to 1. I love the odds. Let's retrack a little bit. What did you think of what happened at the end of the Darlington match? Or, and then Daytona? And then Daytona. Did you think they should have stopped it earlier, or do you think they waited too long? So I want to say I think they waited too long, but I like what NASCAR did. They knew it was the last race until the playoffs. They knew there was drivers out there that had an opportunity to win to get in besides Austin. So I respect NASCAR in trying to finish a race, which they did. I did think it was going to be called. I changed the channel, and then I got an alert they were racing again. Um, I do not blame NASCAR for the little pop-up shower that happened in turn one and caused a giant wreck. It's a two-and-a-half-mile track. They just went through turn one less than 30 seconds ago, and it sprinkled, and a lot of drivers were pissed, but I don't see how you expect them to notice that. Like, I know they have people sitting around the track, but we all know Florida. It can rain without you even knowing it's raining. Mm-hmm. I was pissed because my boy Elliot was out of it, but I was also- pissed because I lost my Haley uh, top 10, dude. And I had Noah Gregson at 150 to 1 who had an opportunity to win the race, so a double-edged sword but uh like nascar and their efforts on being able to finish a race it's going to need a playoff sooner so my um your first bet was blaney my first bet is i'm going eric jones top 10 plus 150 um you know look seven races here one win three top fives four top tens so he's finished in the top 10 four to seven races this is his best track he guys only win in his career here um at top, you know, I'm getting plus money on it. You know, I, I feel I have to take this one. I don't mind that pick at all. Um, I would back you in that. Uh, I thought he was running really well at Daytona. Um, now you're getting to that point to where the guys outside the playoffs have nothing to lose at all. They're just racing for trophies, sponsorship, and contracts. So I know a lot of people look now and they're like, oh, the playoffs, you only got 16 drivers. Well, the guys outside of 16 are fighting to have a job for next year and sponsorship for next year, and a new contract extension. Eric Almarola, who announced retirement, said he was coming back for two years because Smithfield wanted to pay him double the money just to stay in the car. So it's interesting to see what these guys do. You have to tune into it tonight. Um, It's on USA. I don't know what time it is, but it's the life of a driver. Um, It's a whole new documentary series that's being released tonight. So you guys need to check that out. It's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that you don't realize. Um. What is your second pick? My second pick, and we'll just have to switch hats on this oh, one. Oh, God. I'm going with my boy Chase. I've Homer. got the middle finger salute t-shirt. He's going to throw both birds up at everybody. He dominates this track, races well. Kyle Busch dumps him. Chase for the win. Already going into the first round with enough points to clear him for the second round. He's going to set the tone, pull it off at Darlington. He's got an amazing paint scheme that a 13-year-old girl designed who was diagnosed with leukemia. It's a very special weekend. I just, I've got a good feeling. I would love to see that car in victory lane, not only for him, but the girl that designed the car. She's supposed to be at the track with him. It, you hear these stories a lot where somebody battling something, the experience, the win. I'm going with my boy Chase. The number nine will be in victory lane come around midnight Sunday night. Uh, my next pick. And Come I'm on, man. You got to be electric over that. Come on. My next pick. And that was a great delivery, dude. You know, the Thank delivery. You. I had the hat waiting here. I was like, how do I do this? The delivery was great, dude. The delivery was great, man. Spot on. I'll give myself that. Um, so I'm just getting. This is since 2019. Would you back this driver? Average, in seven races, 
Average finish is 3.4. Two wins. He's led 232 laps, second most. Average starting position is 13th. Since 2019, his worst finish was 6th. Would you bet that driver? Do you have a little grin on your face for a reason? No, not at all. I think I know exactly who this is. Uh, my boy. The it's old my man, uncle. Happy Harvick. It's my uncle. He's your uncle. I'm talking Kevin, Kevin Harvick. 17 to 1. Just, I mean, dude, like, just looking at these stats that he's produced at this track, I kind of feel like you got to take him. I mean, worst finish, sixth. Even if he's at top top five price is plus 200. If you're, if you're worried about playing the win, fine, play the top five. But I'm going to play Harvick plus 1700 he's been looking great he's been running great he's really figured it out kind of getting a little bit of a second win in this long season so i absolutely love harvick at 17 to 1 here at darlington i like that pick you're also backing a guy where his window is closing he could he could stop racing this year next year his son's getting older his daughter's getting older his son's about to get some cars himself and out of the go-kart he's gonna want to be with him on race weekends so it's getting to that point to where he has to go from a husband, father, provider to a race car driver to a husband, a father, and a supporter of your child getting into these types of races. He's not going to want to miss those. He's not going to want his wife at a completely different track while his son's racing his first race. So I, I really feel his window's closing. And if you can go out with a championship, I think you'd ride off into the sunset. That'd be sweet. If he won a championship and just like, I'm out. Only if he rode a horse, though. Uncle like you have to ride a horse out, and then had a and cowboy hat, and just cowboy hat like the sunset, holding the trophy, like that's and then like just says, just gives an Uncle Rico yell. I appreciate you backing me every week. Yeah. Um, who is your third bet? Um, historically bad at this track. I just like the odds. He's a playoff driver, Austin Cindric at sixty-six to one. Um, it is not a bet that I'm truly backing. I told you I focus on playoff drivers for these wins because majority of the time you only see a playoff driver win these playoff races. And uh, I like his odds, 66 to 1 for a playoff driver with a good number two Penske car. Um, if he puts it together well, and he's another guy. He only won one race, not consistent at all all season, so he's going to need those points to be able to get to the second round. Um, my last one is Logano. Uh, 10 to 1, seven races, one win, um, you know, worst finish, 18th. He's got the second best average draft position, draft finish position, excuse me. I just kind of feel like, look, this is one of his better tracks. I feel, I just feel Logano's the guy now who's getting overlooked at every single track. I agree. I, I hate to say that because I have a personal real life dislike of him from personal Same. experiences okay. in high school. So yeah, I don't like the guy. Um, never will, but if you're in this for money, the odds are good. He's been successful at this track, and you really can't bet against him in that aspect, but I will not be betting him for personal reasons. Um, my, I do have two questions for you. Um, you've been on this Harrison Burton train since the beginning of the, beginning of the season. Um, I'm just, excuse me, looking at him, top 10. Um, one race, he finished... 14th at Darlington early in the season. Mm -hmm. But at his last three Xfinity races, last four, he's got three top 10 finishes. I mean, Burton at 10 to 1 for a top 10. Any yes. chance of doing that? 
Yes, absolutely. I'm still going to roll, roll with him at 400 to 1 because I made you guys a promise that I'll bet on him every week expecting that rookie to get a win. But uh, 10 to 1 odds to get a top 10 where this track's been good to him, at least in the Xfinity car, and a 14th earlier this season at Darlington, mm-hmm. then yeah, uh, 10 to 1 definitely for a top 10. Um, now, Martin Truex. I'm looking at him right now. Average finish 11.7. Seven races, one win, two top fives, four top tens. Um, led the most laps out of anyone here. What what should we expect from Truex at this track? Another good race. I mean, if he didn't put Chase into the wall and wreck his own car a couple of races ago at Darlington, he would have won that race. So that's another reason I'm siding with Chase. He's done well here, and he's been dumped twice while going for the win. So... Um, I don't know. Truex has nothing to lose. He didn't make the playoffs, which is kind of disappointing. But um, now, how do you feel about that? Because I mean, there's a lot of like before it was announced that Blaney was in. There was a lot of people on Twitter complaining about how Blaney wasn't going to get in with how consistent he was, and Dylan's getting out on a fluke. If Blaney didn't get in, would you have had any issue? No, because we all know the playoff format going into every season. So let's take a step back. Let's go, Jesus, I don't know, what, six years ago, seven years ago, whenever the playoff format started and Jimmy Johnson was winning championships, we'd be eight races before the season's over and a champion was already crowned. Mm-hmm. So as a NASCAR fan, do you want to know who's already won the championship with eight races left? Or do you rather have a crazy playoff platform to where you got to win to get in? So if yeah. he did not make the playoffs, sorry. You were consistent, but you didn't get a win. So it just it benefits with the stage racing, having to get a win, points, teammates. Like the racing this year has been the best racing I have seen in NASCAR since I can remember. So 15, it's been entertaining, man. It's 15, been fun. 15 different wins or drivers winning. Like, so. Now, before I let you go, I, I, need, I need to ask you this. Oh, here we go. I need to ask you this. What sport? What is your college football spread of the week? There's no Miami. I, I was going to ask you if Miami was going to cover whatever ludicrous spread they had, but there's no Miami bet. Um, What's the spread in the Ohio State-Notre Dame game? 17. That's high. I was going to say, I think Ohio State's going to beat the brakes off of Notre Dame. Um, a small bet I like, I like the money line of App State over North Carolina who gave up 24 points to a team that was missing 20 of their starters. So your college bet, you like App State. Guys and girls, make sure you give Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83 on YouTube, not on YouTube, on, excuse me, on Twitter and on Instagram. Also, you're going to be starting up some iRacing again. Yeah, iRacing, got on there a couple weeks ago, had a uh, first and a third with me and my teammate. I finished third, pushed him to the win at Daytona, uh, cashed in a little bit of money there, and uh, the rig's up, ready to go, and uh, might be on it tomorrow night, might not, but we're uh, we're definitely going to pick the stream back up. So please, guys, give me a follow on uh, Twitch, and uh, jump on there for some live racing. It's a lot of fun. Looking forward to picking this back up. We are going to be talking NASCAR every week of the NASCAR season here on the podcast. Good luck in your bets. Hey, and, uh, I, want to, I want to hear it out right now. Over, under, Patriots win. What is it? What do you got for the Pats? I think.
think they go over. I think, I, like, I think they win nine games. The over-under is eight and a half. I think they win nine. I think they finish wow. second to the Bills. Wild card? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think they win the wild card. I think they go to the wild card. I just want to say same that same the same. I think I think they go to the wild card, dude. I All think right. they go to the wild card. That's all. Hey, everybody, enjoy your long weekend. Happy Labor Day weekend. Enjoy Darlington Sunday night. Be safe, be healthy, have a lot of fun. All right, man. Until next week, boys and girls. Guys, make sure you are giving Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. He is going to be up and racing again for iRacing. Great dude at BostonBoy83 on Twitter. Twitch and Instagram. Give them a follow. Now, let's shift our attention over to the CFL. We've reached the part of the podcast where we talk a little CFL. And who better to come on than my boy, my new BFF, CFL, XFL, Arena League football, everything football. Mr. There are more, there as many leagues as there are, there's a gym for everyone. There's a gym for everyone, dude. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Football is fully back. I, I love how I can always say football is back because I said it when the USFL started up. I said it when the CFL started up. I said it when preseason was here, and now college football is here. Football is back, baby. We got a lot of football. We got a ton of football going around. Um, you know, games are going right now. We were talking a little bit before how Akron is losing to St. Francis 16-10 currently. Embarrassing. Burn it down. Um, you know – I was high on Tennessee. They're looking pretty good. 31 love. Uh, but my Chippewas, man, you know, it's just. We'll ignore this one. The only, only thing that matters for the Chips is conference play. Uh, but we're not here to talk about, uh, you know, the good old C, the good old college football. We're here to talk CFL. And, and it's um, Labor Day Classics. It's Labor Day. They spell it with a U. Labor Day Classics. Um. Before we hop in and go game by game, I just want to bring up these future odds here. Um, you know, we got the Blue Bombers plus uh, 115, the BC Lions plus 14. There's value at that BC line right now because I think I I am of I'm an optimist and I think Nathan Rourke will be back in time for postseason. So you like him right there, that's 425. I think you could probably wait a little bit because they're still going to be kind of like not great. Uh, for a few weeks, you might get them to like, they might, might, might get twenty five to one. What about um anybody in the Sioux? Uh, it's it's Toronto or bust. It's they what seem to be the, the the team of the East. There's value in that Hamilton still. Like those are the two teams in the East. It's it's Toronto and Hamilton. Okay. What about any chance of the Redbacks make a run? Or no. Not? None. There's like a slim chance Montreal could like shake things up, but I think Toronto, like Toronto, and Montreal are both a chaotic team. That week to week, it's very hard for me to see what's happening. But I'm more confident in Toronto. They have more weapons at receiver. McLeod Bethel Thompson, he seems to be turning it on, especially with people calling for Chad Kelly more recently. Um, he's just stepped up his game these last couple weeks, and he's I, they're looking good. Toronto's looking real good. I I like plus seven hundred. But I just I don't see them being able to beat the Bombers. Now let's go to the game lines. Uh, no game Thursday night. We're recording this for Thursday. First, we're gonna get a full slate. You and I are usually gonna do three games. We get all four this week. Fuck yeah, we do because it's Labor Day weekend, boys, which means we get <laughs> games on 
Sunday. Monday. Um, first game, Ottawa Red Blacks against the Montreal Alouettes. Talk to me. I like the Red Blacks here. Um, they 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 step up for these games. Nick Arbuckle's the quarterback for the Red Blacks, and he's he brings a level of consistency that I like. Good front seven. Montreal, they have the bye week advantage, but I just can't trust this team. I, I, in, in a game that's kind of like a weird situation where I don't know, I'm going to take the dog. And I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on that money line, that juicy, juicy money line. And spoiler alert, I'm on every single over. I absolutely love the over in this game. I think, I think that's going to be my. It's gone up. It's gone up too. I think that's going to be my one bet, the over 49. Um, so in the first game, Jim has the Redbacks plus the four, Redbacks plus 155, and the over of 49. You know what? I'm just taking the over 49 here. I, I, that's my favorite play of the day. I'm just taking the over. I'm sitting out everything else. Call me call me a chicken. So that's what Uncle Rico is doing. Uh, next game, going all the way to Sunday. Um we got the Blue Bombers laying three and a half on the road with an over-under of 44 and a half. Give me the over. Um, that's the only thing I'm really confident in this one. Winnipeg has uh, not historically done well in this matchup mm-hmm. on Labor Day weekend. Uh, the Riders own this rivalry on Labor Day weekend, especially in Regina. I personally like the Bombers. I lean the Bombers minus three and a half, but that's that's a little too risky. I love the over 44. Okay, I don't I would lean, you know, I'll probably at the end I'll probably end up taking the over in this game too. I don't want to, but I'm trying to end up taking the over in this game too. Um in terms of sides, I would lean toward the Rough Riders plus the three and a half, but I just don't trust them. I don't hate that. I, it, this was a weird one for me. Um, if I would get a, if I would feel the Rough Riders, I'd go full money line because they're either gonna lose by like a touchdown or more, or they're winning this game handily. That that's just my gut feel. Uh, next game, little Monday afternoon, we got the Tiger Cats laying one over under forty nine and a half. I I am all on this Hamilton team this week. Yeah, give me the Tiger Cats. Um, so these teams have played. It feels like every week during the month of August. It's uh, yeah. And in that series, they've got they played like three times. And in that series they've done, the home team has won every single matchup. Also, specifically on Labor Day, Hamilton owns Toronto. I don't think Toronto's won since like early 2010s. That's consistent, though. That's, yeah. That's I love Hamilton. Yeah. I love Hamilton minus one. I, again, I like the over 49 and a half. Easy. Easy Hamilton play. Um. Yeah, I love Hamilton here, minus the one. Um, I, I'm not going to do anything with the over-under. Uh, last game, closing it out, we got the Elks getting 12 and a half. Over-under 49 and a half. Um, Jesus. Am Give I? me the Elks. I don't care. Whatever. Give me the Elks. They're going to keep it close. Weird rivalry game. Calgary's looking good, though, but I like the Elks plus 12 and a half. Again, over 49 and a half. Give it to me. You like that over forty nine and a half? Yeah, um, Calgary's like as bad as like as bad as we've said Calgary's offense has been. They their games go over a decent amount. In terms of my parlay for the week, you know what? I'll take the over here. Every single over for Jim. 
Jimbo's doing every single over. That turns out to a plus 12.28 parlay for me. You know, my parlay is only a plus 11. 76, I'm going to take the three overs, and then I'll take the Tiger Cash minus. You're not going to take a minus one? Well, I might as well just take a minus one. Yeah, you, like, there yeah, you go. There you go. Now it's the same. Now it's the absolute same. Um, Jim, this is a wham-bam-thank-you-man episode here. We got through it, dude, you know? Um, We're coming to it, dude. After Labor Day, it really gets to, like, playoff mode or bust. Yeah. Um, so, with the, that being said, what team do you feel is in the driver's seat besides the Blue Bombers? Well, Calgary's probably going to make the playoffs. It's it's basically, it comes down to, can a Nathan Rourkeless BC stay ahead of the Rough Riders? That's where we're at right now, I feel, in the West. Winnipeg's locked in. I think Winnipeg's, they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to get a bye. Now yeah. it just becomes to, will it be... Uh, Calgary and BC or Calgary and Saskatchewan. I think it comes down to how can BC – they just got a quarterback from Montreal. They just got Trevor Harris. Not Trevor Harris. They just – who did they just get? Montreal to BC. Excuse me. Who did they just get? Vernon Adams. That's, that's – I was – Trevor Harris is the starting quarterback for Montreal. That's why I said that. But they just got a quarterback. It, it all comes down to that. And then for the East – Driver's seat, it's Toronto. They're atop of the East. Like, if you look at the rankings, Toronto sits pretty comfortably um, on the East. But the East is wild. The East is freaking – it's well, nuts. Anything saying. can happen because those teams that's are That's why I'm saying, not like, why not bet the Redbacks? Why not bet the Redbacks? You know, because, like, here's the thing. Montreal's 4-6. and six, Tiger Cats is 2-3. and three, Red Blacks 2-8. and eight. You know what I mean? They're still in it, dude. I don't hate it. You know, and like I don't like it either. I don't know. I think there's value in the East. I wish I really wish Bovada had just to win the East. They did. They did. They they they, they popped that up every once in a while. And uh I got Hamilton for that. Back when they were like plus nine hundred for that. It'll, it'll come back. It'll come back. Keep an eye out for it. That's something you can periodically check. CFL odds to... I wouldn't hate the Red Blacks, but I kind of do. I wouldn't hate the Red Blacks, but I kind of do. That's, I mean, I just, I don't see, especially for, like, the Grey Cup itself, I don't see a, I don't see an Eastern team winning it. You don't see an Eastern team winning it? I don't. Right, so, I see oh it. God. I see more competition for the Blue Bombers in the Western Conference Finals than I do in the in the Grey Cup. To win the East via Odd Shark, Hamilton. Um. Oh no, these are all free props. Yeah, these are all free props. These are all futures props. That doesn't make sense. You have Hamilton plus one fifty. You gotta look. You gotta search. Yes, Jim. You gotta keep, you um, gotta keep your eyes peeled, Jim. First of all, we need to let the people know we, the biggest news in the world. You guys need to set your calendars. September 24th, Jim and I are going to be previewing, live streaming, excuse me, the college football game game of the month. The game of the garage of the month. Um, 
it is going to be Dude, no time. Still no time, dude. I'm a little. Still no time. That's bullshit. But it's Kansas, dude. It's Kansas, dude. You know, I already, dude. I, you know, I got some people lined up. They're gonna be on it. Jim's gonna line up some people to be on it. It's gonna be three and a half hours of just fun. Guests coming in and out. Jim and I sweating our best, betting. Stuff. I'm gonna have a lot of bets for that game just to make it interesting. It's gonna be fun. Jim, why don't you tell the people where they can find you, my friend? You guys know where to find me. I'm at XFL Jim at XFL Jim on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all over the internet. You can find me all over. Thanks for coming on, my friend. We will talk soon. So there's some big news today in the NBA, and Dino's going to come on the podcast, and we're going to be breaking it down. Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Laurie Markadin. Ochar Abaji, Colin Sexton, who just signed a four-year, $72 million contract, three unprotected first-round picks, and two pick swaps. Yeah, 2025, 2027, 2029 first rounds, 2026, 2028 pick swaps. That is a ton. That's a lot. That is Um, a ton. Their odds to win the championship went from 100 to 1 to 30, 40 to 1, depending on the book. And they went from plus 760 to win the Central to plus 360. So now you've got Mitchell, Garland, Jared Allen, and Mobley as, like, the nucleus. So you have two really nice bigs that can play defense and two guards that can fill it up. And, you know, Mitchell, he's an incredible offensive player, but he's a very, very bad defensive player. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's awful. Like, he's a turnstile on defense. So having two bigs down there will definitely help, right? It's a little different than just Gobert when you have Mobley and Allen, two guys that can, like, strengthen the defense overall. That was one of the problems with Utah is that after Gobert, they didn't have much. The, the rest of their major, like, contributors, Mitchell, Conley, Clarkson would be in the mix. They, they're not good defensive players. You worried about the size of the backcourt because Mitchell is six nine, Garland yeah. is six nine. I mean, that's the the real key for me with this team is who is the wing going to be, right? Who's like the other guy there? Can they have who like so who on the rest of their roster is there like a like a swingman wing type that they have there that I'm missing because I'd imagine you know you send Markin out now, so you wonder. You know what the size-wise, they're they're two smalls and then two bigs, right? They need that connecting piece, like the six-seven-ish kind of guy in there. Well, they do have Levert. They do have Levert, um, so they do have him who can play the wing if he can ever stay healthy. He's bad, battled a lot of health issues. Um, you know, just kind of looking at it right now, their projected starting lineup is Garland Mitchell. Uh, Isaac Okur, Mobley, Allen, off, and then their rotation would be Rao Nito would be the backup point. You got Levert that can play either off guard or small. Kevin Love, Robin Lopez, and Cito Osman. That really doesn't scream championship pedigree. No, they're they need to make a few other moves. Like they need to to kind of um, just get the the entire sum of their parts a little bit better in their depth. But I, I think it's a good move for a young team to go get a guy like Mitchell. Um, 
So for Mitchell now, there are only six players in NBA history who have scored more points per game in the playoffs than Donovan Mitchell. Six. Oh, he's wow. seventh all time in playoff points per game. He he averaged he's averaged twenty eight point three points per game in his thirty nine playoff games. The only players in the NBA who have better averages than that: Michael Jordan, Luka Doncic, Allen Iverson, Kevin Durant, Jerry West, and LeBron. That's that's the list of guys who have been better in the playoffs than him. That's kind of crazy. He's a really big-time scorer in big moments. Now, I love – you ask me questions all the time. Let's play a little trivia with you. Who are the two – there are two other active players that are in the top ten in playoff points per game. but And they're right behind Mitchell. So they're eighth and ninth. Who do you think the two other active players are? So I've already mentioned Luka. I've already mentioned Durant. I've already mentioned LeBron. I've already mentioned Mitchell. It's none of them. Two other active players that average right around 28 points per game in the playoffs. And they're top 10 all time. I would guess Giannis. No, Giannis isn't in there. The Uh, thing about that hurts someone like Giannis is that he has a year or two where he probably wasn't quite as high of a a score yet, that overall his averages might be hurt. Something like Kobe, too. So, like, some of Kobe's early years, he wasn't scoring 25 and 30 a game. So, his average is a little off. Uh, I'll give you one. Kawhi? No. John Morant. Okay. So, John Morant is right behind. 28.2 points per game. But he's, for Jaw, he's only had 14 games, right? So, it's a little bit easier for him to have a higher average because of that. The other one, think about me. Think about one of my boys that I like to defend. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. 27.3 points per game. Number nine all-time in playoff scoring in his 39 playoff games. So for all the crap that people give AD, he's ninth all-time in points per game in the playoffs for a guy that's played 40 games. Uh, He's right behind Mitchell and right behind John. That's pretty good. Um, Let me ask you this, though. I'm looking at StatMute right now as we talk. If you take out – because in the bubble, he scored 254 points in seven that, games. That was when he went nuts in those two rounds, right? Those back-to-back series. And, I mean, that – well, I mean, he did He did average 30. I'm just kind of looking at it right now. See, it's 24 for 11, 21 for 5. Take that out. 32 for 10. That's pretty good when they have that run. And then um, – and lost to the, 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 uh, the Clippers. Uh, 6 for 25. My thing with Mitchell is this. I really think it hurt him when Kawhi wasn't playing and they couldn't beat the Clips. I completely agree. He he felt like his trajectory was on the way up, and that was like a series that he should have been able to win being the best player on the court there, and he yeah. wasn't able to. And, and so I agree. I look at – like, I think I watch him play, and, man, he's smooth. And, like, even overall, like, he's 25 years old. And he's averaged 24 points a game in his career. 24, four and a half assists in his playoff career. Like I said, 28, 4.7 assists and 4.9 rebounds. Like those are good numbers, but his team never got past the second round. 
in Utah. Um, let me ask you this, because Wojo just tweeted this out. New York offered R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected first-round picks. And then um, New York tried to come back and offer Grimes. Or Utah didn't want that. Utah wanted Grimes. Yep. They didn't want to give up Grimes. Then New York countered with Emmanuel quickly. And then Utah said, well, if you want to put in quickly, then you need to give us three first-round picks. And, and they said, well, we'll only give you two ones without a top five. So it was the dance. It was back and forth and back and forth. And then all of a sudden, Cleveland swoops on in. And within the last two days, they were able to get the job done. So um, Utah won't make the playoffs this year. They had a six-straight season uh, stretch of making the playoffs, which was the longest in the Western Conference. And if you think about it, <laughs> for them, I mean, they just traded Gobert. They just got rid of their head coach. And now they just traded Mitchell. Those we, We've talked about these guys for a long time. Like, they just never got along. Their chemistry was never good. You could look at the numbers. Mitchell would never pass the ball to Gobert. Never. Never at all. Never. Never was, at all. It, and that's one of those things where when you're on a basketball court playing as much as they were, you're going to accidentally pass the ball to him more than that. Yeah. So it was crazy that that never happened. Now I look at Utah, Eric. This year, Utah has 13 unprotected or lightly protected first-round picks between now and 2029. And that's in addition to the two first-rounders they've already gotten back this year in trades. They just got back Abaji from Kansas and Walker Kessler, the kid from Auburn, the big. So I just didn't think Gobert and Mitchell were going to – to gain that kind of return. It's kind of crazy. It kind of shows you how good Danny Ainge is at his job. Is he is. No. For those two. I'm not the biggest fan of the Mitchell guy. I kind of feel that Gobert was able to hide a lot of his defensive inefficiencies. If Mobley or Allen go down, I think it's going to be the same thing. And I'm a little worried. Like, I'm huge on Garland. Like, this is going to sound crazy. I'd rather have Garland than Tyler. Garland reminds me a little like I, I, I was getting to it last year. He reminds me it's not Dame, but he's just he's like a very good floor general. He's in command yeah. of what's going on quite a bit. And now you wonder with Mitchell, who has the ball in his hand a lot, you know who who's better off off here, right? It's you're taking it the the ball out of his hands, and that's the thing I'm worried about. That's like my one thing that I'm worried about with this trade. You're taking the the ball to Garland's hands and the size in the backcourt. And, you know, you mentioned the wing. Lanza Levert has another health issue. I got to see what their wings look like when they're all out there, too, how it fits. Because, yeah, it might it might be a little clunky. It might be great. Like, they might have a really good dynamic where you have two ball handlers that can each sort of, like, can, like you know, run the offense, that can each get their own, that can each set up the bigs, that can run, pick, and roll. Like, so it might, it might be okay. I just – I th- I think they will. There's I think their ceiling is uh, is higher with with Mitchell, but they they might have a lower floor. Like their range might be a little bit wider because they may not have as much depth now overall. And just moving forward, you got you know you you shipped out a few picks, you shipped out a couple players that were already rotation players, and you didn't you got back Mitchell. 
right? So you're already down a few rotation players in the way that you can maneuver moving forward. But if those four guys in Levert or another wing, like that's a pretty good Yeah, it's pretty good. Four or five guys, that's, right? That's that's a decent um that's hilarious. Like, yeah, I don't see it's weird. I don't I and I think what ended up happening is I think because of I think one of the main reasons why Durant didn't get traded was because of the Gobert trade. Because they got so much. They got an insane amount for Rudy Gobert. And if if so if you are Josiah and you are, you know, the executives in Brooklyn and you look around and you go, Rudy Gobert got this much, Kevin Durant is better than Rudy Gobert. We need to get more from him. You can't really get more than what they gave up for Rudy Gobert. So it set this really weird, um, you know, like precedent for what everybody's worth this year. And think and think about it. Utah's two guys got back all of those future picks. Like, you know what? For a team that's trying to rebuild, they are in great shape right now. They have all these picks, and they still have Conley, Clarkson, and Boyan that they're going to get rid of. Yep. All they those got, guys are going to get something back. Yep, they're going to be able to get some stuff back. They're going to – they're basically going to do what Oklahoma – Exactly. Um, yep. I kind of feel – but it kind of gets to the point, like, Silver said you're not supposed to tank. And we saw what Oklahoma's done the last couple of years. You get these young guys in, you play them for the first 20 games, and they mysteriously have some season-ending injuries. Yeah. Are we so, going to see Utah follow that same thing? We're going to see yeah. them, like – you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. It's I don't know. I mean, like a guy like Sexton, you you feel bad for kind of right now, right? Because he just signed a max deal, but Sex Sexton will be the guy that they will say, okay, he's a young guy that we want to have be like a major piece for us now moving forward. He signed an extension, but he's the type of guy that if he has a good year and he's helping you win games, you're not going to play him at the end of the year. Like once he's playing well. You're not going to want to play him. You're going to have him out. Like, anyone that's really helping you win games, like we've seen with Shea and those guys in OKC, they're not playing at the end of the year because they don't want him to win games. These, this team has 13 picks coming up moving forward. They want to be really bad. So, well, yeah. Here's, here's something to think about. He's going to be fantasy gold. He's going to be the only one. That oh, Sexton is going to be money there. No. And you know, who, you know who will finally – get a chance to show if he's got anything is THT or yeah. Tucker. That's going to be a great spot for him to get 25 minutes and to have the ball in his hand a little bit and to not have to worry about, ah, he's playing with LeBron and Russ and these guys that need to win. Now he can go out there and just fill it up too. He might be a sneaky guy that is good in like DFS or maybe like a fun fantasy late flyer, you know, at the end of your draft for season wide, because you said some guys on this team are going to have to do something. Hey, Jordan Clarkson can go and help someone be a really good scorer off the bench. He, I really he hope can, so. I, I'm not going to lie. I would seriously back the, the, the Bucks shot Clarkson. Clarkson, right? I mean, he's a perfect – he's exactly the type of guy they needed last year when things slowed down and their guards were struggling and when Middleton was hurt and they didn't have another guy who could go get their own shot because they just knew it was Giannis coming right at him the whole time. You know, and Holiday was struggling a little bit. Clarkson, I love Clarkson as a Laker fan. He he is great because he just is all offense. He's like a perfect six-man spark. I would – dude, I would right now trade Westbrook for those three guys. 
I would trade Westbrook for that crap right now. And not, that's not crap, but, like, Boyan is fine. Boyan's a big wing who can, like, score. He can help some teams, Bogdanovich. And even Conley, he doesn't Conley, have a whole lot left. He's a veteran guard. He's a veteran guard who can come in, you know, play. Conley would be a better fit on the Lakers than Russell Westbrook. He's what the Celtics needed in the playoffs last year. Yeah, because he can at least just stretch and shoot. And at this point, you just don't ask a whole lot of him, right? Like, just don't make, don't do anything stupid and, like, make some smart plays. Yeah. I... Okay. Here's something. If Saxon goes off and he just falls to the walls, he's falling out of control, they can move him come December 15th. Yeah. You think they remove him or. Like, that's a movable contract. That's a very good contract that he just upped for. Four years, 72 million. Like, that's really affordable right now. Yeah. I mean, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I'd like to, again. I say things as, like, as a team, as a fan of my team, would I want that player in? I like Sexton. I would take Sexton on the Lakers right now. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like, you know, he, he's not someone who you look at and you think, ah, I'm not sure, is the money worth it? Like, I'd take a swing there. So th- it's weird because I think the trade is better for Utah. Utah got yeah, a lot term, back. I think it's better than Utah. They got a lot back. Are they going to be bad for the next couple of years? Sure. But, man, if they find a guy or two in the draft that they like or if they find someone that is unhappy in their situation and they want to go build around a star and bring their own guy in, they have all the assets in the world to do it now. They've got a bunch of future picks, and this year they still have, like, three more really nice, I think, tradable pieces. Um, Over-under for the Cavs, 46 and a half. see the Cavs being a good like a good regular season team if those guys are all healthy like they're younger they take the regular season a little more seriously than maybe some of the other veteran teams like the Bucks right the yeah. Bucks won't worry about being the one seed they they'll just be the top 4 seeds or whatever they are you know even Boston you wonder this year if like Boston's a team who went deep to the finals last year are they going to worry maybe they give Tatum and some of their guys off a little bit this year, here and there. They, they sit them out on back-to-backs and stuff. I could see them being a really good regular season team. I, so I'm going to lean over. It's just, it's just one of those things because I'm looking at it right now. They're right there. Hawks over under 46. Celtics 55. Nets 50 and a half. Bulls 44. Mavs 48 and a half. Yeah, they, Bugs, they feel like that. It feels pretty accurate. See, I don't like 50 just sounds too high for them, you know? But Lakers, 45 and a half. Bucks, 53. I don't know. It's just, that 47 to me seems a tad high. Yeah, 50 sounds too high. I, if you if you forced me to pick at that number, I would lean over. But not, like, it's not enough to where I'd go bet it. It's, it's not enough of a, like, a difference. Like, it feels pretty accurate. No. But, the I'm sorry. The divisional stuff. I'm sorry. The um in the East. Like I don't think. So what are they now? Like the fourth or fifth 12, choice? Twelve to one. I mean Celtics, Bucks, Nets, Heat, Seventy Sixers, Cavs. Okay. Um. I don't think that's a great like a big. I don't think it's a good number. No, nah, I would want more. I would want a little bit more. I'd be much. 
this kind of made, and I freaking hate saying this, but hate Trey Young. It's kind of like you like the Hawks a little bit more because now I feel like Dejounte Murray trade is a little bit under because I feel, I feel Dejounte Murray hides Trey Young's deficiencies on defense, but I don't feel Garland hides Mitchell's deficiencies on defense. Yeah, that that makes sense. They are, um, well, yeah, they're they're a very good like yin yang zigzag. You know, like strengths for one and weaknesses for the other. They can definitely complement each other a lot better. We th- we think. You know, um, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree that it feels like if you have a good, like, defensively, if who's got a really good backcourt, you know, for that would be hard for Cleveland to defend. You know, let's, like, I, let's throw someone out there. Like, that well, maybe, the Bucks, Bucks have, let's see. Drew and Middleton? Well, it wouldn't be, it's well, Middleton's I mean, like a wing. Well, as soon as he's healthy, I think the lineup, like, it's going to be Ingles. That's going to yeah. be in there. So Ingles, Middleton, and Holiday. Like, think about that size compared to what the, compared yeah. to them two and, like, a Levert. Yeah. Like, I mean, size-wise, they're giving up a lot on the perimeter. So they I really mean, Holiday, need – Yeah. It's, they need that wing. They're, whoever plays the wing for them has to be able to guard the perimeter. They yeah. have to be a guy that can guard smaller. Because they don't need a wing that can guard up because they're already going to have two bigs that can guard up flanks. So they're going to need a guy that, like, um, like a KCP would be a perfect fit for them that can play a wing but guard the guards. Because yeah. KCP doesn't really guard well, like, bigger wings. He's able to chase the small guys around, and he has a little more size. Someone like KCP is already in Denver, but, like, that template of a guy. Like, a Wes, even, like a Wes Matthews. Yeah, exactly. Someone like that who can – yeah, who can body up a little bit? Yeah. yeah, Wes is a good is a good call too. But yeah, Wes Matthews. Um, Dino, thanks for coming on short notice, man. This trade literally just happened hours ago, so I wanted yeah. to come on get your uh, get your take on it. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram and everything? Yeah, Twitter it's me, Gino B, and then I always post like all my shows, all my content, podcasts. Anytime we do videos or stuff for Better Than Vegas, it'll always be there on Twitter. And if you want to check out the podcast, anywhere you download your podcast, that's what G said. Actually, uh, as we record on Thursday evening, just uh, had a podcast that came out and that released with a full fantasy football preview with you, my friend, with Eric. We went through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and then we dished out a few defenses. We spent about an hour, and we've already gone through every single team individually. We spent about 15 minutes on every team this year about an hour on each division. So I was thinking about it, putting it all together. That's nine hours that we've spent previewing the NFL over the last two months with an hour for each division or an hour for each division. And then another hour for fantasy. So this is great, dude. I, you, yeah. I could talk NFL with you all day. Yeah. All NBA too. Gino, thanks for coming on and uh, Anytime, you know, we'll talk soon. My friend, that's it for the podcast today. I'd like to thank this week's guest, Make sure you give my boy Brandon at BostonBoy83 a follow, Jimbo at XFLGym a follow, and Gino at It's Me, Gino B a follow. Reminder that eTalk21 Sports Show is back live this Tuesday night, 10 p.m. on YouTube and Twitch. Until next week, boys and girls, let's make some money.